You are listening to the Healing Migraines Naturally podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Caesar, and I'm helping women rediscover a migraine-free life. Today, I'm talking to Mary, who runs our awesome Facebook community, about cleanses. Will doing a cleanse help my migraines? Welcome, Mary. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Good. We were talking about topics for the podcast. You said that at your work, you have a lot of coworkers that are talking about doing a cleanse. Yeah, like it's seriously the hot topic at work right now. We have probably about 12 women that work together and they are phenomenal and I love them dearly. And it's just been interesting because one of the ladies started doing a cleanse to, I don't know, just get all the toxins out of her system. I wish I could remember all the ingredients, but basically it's like a lemon juice cleanse. And she said she's been doing it. I think she was up to 10 days last time I talked to her. And she knew someone that had done 30 days. That got everyone else talking about different cleanses they've tried with cayenne pepper. And I don't even know, like lots of different things. And then I also have in the past had people tell me about like multi-level marketing cleanses. So I don't know. I just got my wheels turning and I'm like, I wonder what the reality is about these cleanses. Because a lot of these women are saying how amazing they feel and how much energy they have and this and that. So it's very interesting to me, like what is happening inside the body and in the long run, is it helpful? And then of course, when I talk to you about it, it's like, how does that apply in a migraine situation? Mm -hmm. Do you know if anybody down there has migraines? I do know a couple do, but I'm not sure if it was any of the ones that have already tried cleanses yet. Gotcha. So this is a great topic and I'm really glad you brought this up because there are some things that we can talk through around this topic of quote unquote cleanses for the general population. Mm -hmm. And then there are some very specific things that migraine sufferers need to be aware of around this quote unquote cleanse topic. So what you're describing with like lemon juice, cayenne pepper, maybe people are, have you heard maple syrup mentioned at all? I think so. Yeah. So the term I'm doing a cleanse. Okay. So this has so many different meanings that Really, you have no idea what people are referring to if they say I'm doing a cleanse because there are tons and tons of different approaches or meanings behind I'm doing a cleanse. Mm -hmm. So I would say sometimes when people say I'm doing a cleanse and usually when people are doing a cleanse, they are talking about doing something for a relatively short period of time. Maybe I'm doing a weekend cleanse or a seven-day cleanse. It's like a finite period of time. And so sometimes when people say, oh, I'm doing a cleanse, I'm following a cleanse, it will consist of them taking maybe some herbs or something that clean the colon out, okay? Clean the stool out of the colon, okay? So that would be more like a colon cleanse. Right. Okay. So sometimes people are referring to that when they say cleanse. And if you're going to do something like that, usually people would do that over a weekend because you got to be by the bathroom. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) This is probably not something you want to do in the work bathroom. No, Um, it's definitely not your have a good time situation. (laughs) (laughs) 
So with colon cleansing, okay, there is this myth in the natural medicine space. You're going to hear this if you Google colon cleanse or this type of thing and you start reading some blogs or whatnot in the alternative medicine space, you are going to be told that the average person is carrying around pounds and pounds of stool in their colon. Okay. Have you ever heard this, Mary? Have you ever? Not that specifically. I'm just laughing a little bit because I took my little boy to the doctor yesterday and he's been like having tummy problems. And the doctor literally just said, let's give him a laxative and clean him out. (laughs) So I'm like, this is hitting too close to home today. (laughs) (laughs) Even taking like a over-the-counter or prescription drug laxative is going to cleanse the colon from the standpoint of it's going to stimulate the colon and it's going to expel the stool that's in the colon. Yeah. And apparently that's supposed to cure whatever symptom. But it's interesting how many times we talk about we don't get to the root of the cause. Let's just clean them out and see what happens. Yeah. When in doubt, clean them out. (laughs) So one of the old time naturopathic doctors, that was something that he would say. So my mentors are in their 70s now, Mm -hmm. and they were trained by some of the old time naturopaths. So one of them, he would always say that. When in doubt, clean them out. (laughs) When we eat food, we swallow the food, it moves through the esophagus, goes into the stomach, starts to break down the food, goes into the small intestine. At all points along the digestive tract, as the food is getting broken down, we are absorbing nutrients from the food. So we will even absorb nutrients or chemicals You can have a drug suppository, right? Where you're inserting the drug into the rectum, right? So we absorb things in the rectum, in the colon. And so if the stool is sitting in the colon for too long, we are going to absorb the toxins that are in the stool back into the body. Our liver is our main organ of detoxification. It's continuously processing toxic molecules and metabolic waste material. So we are continuously generating metabolic waste material. All of our cells, when they do their wonderful work, they do are going to generate metabolic byproducts or metabolic waste material. Our liver has to process those so that they can get out of the body. And then we are exposed to toxins in the environment, the food supply, the water supply, the air supply, the medications Mm. that we take are toxic and have to be removed from the body. So the liver is the main organ that's going to do this work. Our kidneys and our lungs are also organs of detoxification. So they're working on this too. But the liver is the main organ doing this. And some of the processed toxic molecules are going to be put into our bile, which is then squirted into our small intestine when we eat food, particularly food with fat in it, because the bile helps to emulsify the fat that we've eaten so that we can break the fat down into fatty acids. I'm doing like a 30,000 quick overview. (laughs) Yeah. But so we are going to have by design, okay, our bodies are functioning normally. What I'm describing is normal processes, but we are always going to have toxins squirted into our digestive tract from the liver via the bile. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because things are absorbed out of the digestive tract and brought into the body, we are always going to absorb 
some of the toxins that the liver has already processed back into our body. This is called enterohepatic circulation. So the liver does not neutralize toxins. It doesn't take something that's toxic and make it Mm non-toxic. It makes it a little less toxic so we can get it out of the body. So this is another misunderstanding. People think that the liver or the kidneys, people, most people don't even know that the lungs are an organ of detoxification as well. But most people think, oh, my kidneys are like neutralizing the toxin or my liver is neutralizing the toxin. That is not the case. So these metabolic waste materials that are, again, normally generated by us, the toxins that we are exposed to from our environment, They are not rendered non-toxic. They are rendered less toxic. When they are fully toxic, they're trapped in the body. They can't get out. So the liver is making them less toxic so that they can get out via our skin, via our bile and our stool, via our urine, via our breath. Okay. When they're removed through our skin, that could be in the sweat or just They can go on the surface of the skin. This is why we should bathe regularly to wash these toxins off. So things are not being neutralized or rendered non-toxic. They're being rendered less toxic. Hmm. You are always going to have toxins coming into your digestive tract via the bile. And we want to have our digestive tract moving the food and generating a bowel movement every day so that the toxins that are in the stool are not just sitting there in our colon because then they even more are going to get reabsorbed. There's always some that are going to get reabsorbed, but we want to minimize that. And so if the stool is sitting in there for two, three days, now I've got two to three times the amount of time to reabsorb those toxins back into my body. So it really, really is important to be regular. (laughs) Correct. And unfortunately, pediatricians in general are not going to call a child constipated if they're having one bowel movement a week, which is ridiculous. Right. Okay. And we adults should be having at least one bowel movement per day. Okay. So when in doubt, clean them out. Yeah, there's some validity to that. Mm -hmm. Let me clean out the colon so that I can get this stuff out of here. Okay. So... People will do a quote-unquote colon cleanse to flush the colon out if we're not having a bowel movement but every two to three days and then we do a big cleanse over the weekend. I got things out in one day instead of two to three days. Now, what happens on Monday after we've done the weekend colon cleanse? That is a good question. <laughs> uh-huh. If we haven't addressed the underlying issues, why we don't have enough motility or movement in the digestive tract, to get that colon doing what it's supposed to do, then we're just right back to where we started on Monday. Doing a colon cleanse, and again, to do a colon cleanse, what people are going to be taking, like I say, you could do this with an over-the-counter or prescription drug product, but if people are doing a colon cleanse, they're probably taking some herbs that are laxative herbs. So sort of like a natural laxative. There are herbs that have a laxative effect. Right. If we are taking a laxative, whether it's a drug or an herb laxative, we're not improving the health of the digestive tract. We're improving the function of the digestive tract so that the colon gets the job done every day like it's supposed to. But just temporarily, as long as you're taking that supplement or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. So if we take something that has a laxative effect, we're forcing the colon to do something that it wouldn't ordinarily do. Now, we have talked about this before when we when we try to manipulate the body to do something that it's not doing on its own, the body fights that. And people do this particularly with migraines. We can be doing that with our tryptin meds. We're suppressing the migraine symptoms or we're manipulating the biochemistry and the physiology around the migraine to try to make it go away. We can do that with herbs. We can do that with high-dose vitamins and minerals or amino acids. So we can do things that are natural substances that manipulate the body into doing something that it wouldn't normally or naturally do. So if we're taking smooth move tea, that tea has laxative herbs in the tea, we are forcing the colon to generate a ball movement that it wouldn't ordinarily generate. So if we take smooth move tea every night, eventually the colon is going to say, you know what? I'm not generating a ball movement for a reason. And she keeps coming in here with this smooth move tea. So I need to figure out how to not generate a ball movement, even with the smooth move tea. And so eventually the smooth move tea, what used to work with one tea bag, now I need two tea bags. What used to work with two, now I need three. Now it's not working anymore, right? Just because it's natural doesn't mean that the body doesn't fight it if we are trying to make the body do something that it's not naturally doing on its own. It's one thing, oh, and for sure, if we've got a bunch of stool sitting in our colon, yeah, may not feel good. We could have a tummy ache, for sure. And to get that out, oh, whew, feel better. But if we keep doing that day after day, then it's going to stop working, just like Imitrex stops working after a while or Topamax stops working after a while. It's the same phenomenon, even if it's natural. Does that help? It does. And I guess my next thought is, okay, so it makes sense that we'd want to clean out our gut, but then what about the cellular level thing? Like why do people, the cells are built to work in a certain way, right? So Mm -hmm. they be able to kick out toxins without us having to drink a certain substance or supplement. So if we continue to look at this colon, right? Because then the next question is why, how come my colon isn't working? (laughs) Now we come back to what I call the three principles. Okay. So for us to restore our health, maintain our health, whether that be our whole person state of health, whether that be the state of health of an organ system, like our digestive tract, whether it be the function of an organ, like our colon, whether it be the proper functioning of an individual cell, okay? These three principles apply. So these three principles at work from the cellular level all the way up to the whole body level, including physical body, mental, emotional body, okay? Mm -hmm. So in order for the colon to function properly, the cells of the colon have to have the nutrients that they need to function properly. That's the first principle. The metabolic waste material that the cells of the colon naturally generate when they are doing their work, those metabolic waste material or toxins have to be removed from the cell. The cell's not going to function right if there's a whole bunch of trash piled up inside of it. Mm -hmm. And then there has to be enough cellular vitality. This is the third principle. So they have actually measured the micro voltage of a healthy cell or a cell that is functioning 
optimally. It's about negative 25 millivolts. So that is the third principle. So these three principles, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I talk about these three principles all the time. These three principles are universal principles that apply from whole body to down to our 30 to 40 trillion cells. Mm. So if the colon is just kind of sitting around every morning, not doing too much until we need to come in once a week with a smooth move tea, there are some deficiencies or blockers or missing pieces within those three principles at the colon level. Does that help? Yeah. So it's not like we have a smooth move tea deficiency that's being addressed with the smooth move tea. Exactly. So like you're saying, whether it's we're cleaning out one organ or one cell, the principles are all the same. Colon cleansing, cleaning out the colon. Okay. It's removing the stool and the accompanying toxins that are in the stool from the body, but it is not doing anything to increase the clearance of metabolic waste material or toxins from the body because the liver and the lungs and the kidneys are the organs that are actually processing the toxic molecules. Get stuck back at well, then why the heck did the colon stop working in the first place? Why did the cell poop out? What <laughs> it had to start somewhere, and is cleaning it out going to actually fix the situation? It will not fix the situation, it's just a little band aid, mm. yeah. Because stimulating your colon, introducing something that has a laxative effect, even things like high dose magnesium or high dose vitamin C, have a laxative effect. So introducing these things are, yeah, you're having a bowel movement, but you're not addressing those three principles. Smooth move tea is not adding any of the necessary nutrients that the cells of the colon need to function. Smooth move tea is not helping the cells of the colon eliminate the metabolic waste material that's built up inside of them, stuck in there. It's not going to take out the trash in the cell. And it's not going to increase the cellular voltage or the cellular vitality. It is coming in and artificially generating a laxative effect. It's forcing the colon against its will to get that stool out of there. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you keep asking me this because it's a really important distinction. Because to us, how do we know the difference? It's like, well, I had a ball movement. But if we're taking something that has to force a ball movement, If you're taking something to make something happen specifically, you're forcing the body to do something, right? If I'm taking something to make my colon poop, that's not working on these three principles. That's taking something to force your colon to do something. If I'm taking something for my migraines, whether it's a prescription drug, whether it's Excedrin, whether it's natural substances, natural products, relief, okay? If I'm taking something for my migraine, I'm not working within these three principles. I'm putting a little Band-Aid on the symptom. When I think that we measure success simply by, I feel better. Right. I pooped, so I, my stomach hurts less. But just like you're saying, does that mean that it actually fixed anything, you know? Correct. It's like what the criteria that we're using to evaluate is off. It's the wrong criteria. and. Sometimes having a little Band-Aid is very helpful Yeah, because, yeah, I haven't pooped in three days. Let me just get this out of here, right? It's one thing to do something like that. You're working 
on addressing what are the blockers or the missing pieces or the deficiencies within these three principles, right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm just using Band-Aids, and that's what the vast majority of even natural practitioners are telling their patients to do, is just using natural Band-Aids rather than prescription Band-Aids, but they're still Band-Aids. We've talked a lot about the colon and cleaning that out. My tummy feels better. But how is it that if you're suffering with migraines and you do a cleanse, like how does that help them or not help them in the long run? Or So let's move into another meaning of doing a cleanse. So what your coworkers have been talking about, like the lemon juice, the maple syrup, the cayenne, pepper, these types of things. So this, when people are using the word, I'm doing a cleanse in this context, usually they think that they are improving their actual detoxification capacity in their liver. Okay. Our organs of detoxification are processing these toxic molecules, making them less toxic so that they can be eliminated from the body. That ties in to the second principle that I talk about. And this is where people hear me talk and they think that I'm recommending these types of cleanses. (laughs) Yeah. Because the second principle is clearing metabolic waste material from the body. So if we improve the capacity of the liver to process these molecules, we can get them out of the body. We can clear them from the body. First, we have to get them out of the cell. We have to look at if we're taking Excedrin three times a day because of our chronic migraines, that's a lot of drug toxins that are getting put into the system. We look at the metabolic waste material load that the body is generating. We look at the load from drugs or over-the-counter medications. We are all exposed to toxic substances in the food supply, in the water supply, in the air supply, which... We can do some things to mitigate that, but relatively little. You know, I live outside of Chicago. I live in the Chicago suburbs. The air quality is what the air quality is. I really don't have control over that. Okay. Today, there was unfortunately a big refinery on the south side of Chicago along the lake. There's, there used to be a lot of steel mills and refineries and all. Unfortunately, one of, there was an explosion at one today. So what impact is that going to have on the air supply here? I don't have any control over that. Right. Right. First of all, if we can improve the ability of the cell to get the trash out of the cell, okay? Now, how do we get trash out of cells? We have to have nutrients to fuel the pumps that pump things in and out of our cells. That requires specific nutrients for specific pumps, Mm. okay? So stuff just doesn't randomly diffuse in and out of our cells, Our cells have all these little pumps that pump certain molecules in and pump other types of molecules out. And those pumps need different nutrients for the pumps to work. So if we have a deficiency in the first principle where we don't have the nutrients that our cells need to make those pumps function properly, we are going to have a buildup of metabolic waste material in the cell. We're going to have a whole bunch of trash piled up in the cell. You should cleanse it. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that where you're going? <laughs> right? Now, if we don't have the proper voltage at the cellular level, the pumps don't work either. The pumps are using a voltage gradients to work as well. This is why they there's a particular voltage 
of a healthy cell, of a cell that's functioning properly, because there has to be a voltage differential between the inside of the cell and the outside of the cell. That's the third principle. So at the cellular level, if we don't have what we need in the first principle and the third principle, we're going to have a buildup in the second principle. We're going to start to have all this trash accumulate inside of the cell. Now, have you ever watched that show Hoarders? (laughs) That is a guilty pleasure. No making fun of it. (laughs) Right? You feel a little guilty about the clutter around your house and then you watch that show. It always makes you feel better because at least you want to reach that level. (laughs) Let's think about our little cells, 30 to 40 trillion cells over the course of our life. I'm a little older than you, Mary. Not by much. (laughs) So over the course of my life, have I put in the nutrients that are necessary? Have I maintained the cellular voltage? What does the inside of my cell look like? Is there maybe just a little mail piled up? on the corner of the counter, or does it look like the hoarder's house? Yeah, I don't even want to know about mine. (laughs) So first we've got to get the trash out of the cell. Then it's got to get into the blood and the lymph. Then it's got to be circulated to the liver. And then the liver has to process all of these molecules. So there are different molecular pathways that line up with the different molecular shapes of these toxins. This is called the cytochrome P450 system. Okay, So they have identified, they've been able to identify the biochemistry and what these different detoxification pathways look like in the liver. You can open up any physiology textbook and read about this. So there are different pathways for different molecular shapes of these molecules. So they sort themselves and they go through the pathway that sort of fits. If you think of a little lock and key system or maybe what would be better, you know, little kids, they have those little toys when they're toddlers with put the star in the star hole and the square in the square hole and the circle in the circle hole. Those little Fisher Price toys. Yeah, the little red and blue ones. Yeah, exactly. So that's what's happening in our liver, okay? We have these little, the little square toxin molecule. It's got to go through the little square pathway. The little star toxin molecule has got to go through the star pathway. So in order for the liver to process these molecules, you have to have an opening, right? If I have 20 squares in line and I've only got one square opening, 19 of them are going to have to sit around. Mm. And I might have the star pathway wide open, but I got 19 squares here. They're not going to go through the star pathway. They've got to wait until there's an opening in that square pathway. So just because I got the toxin molecule out of the cell doesn't mean the liver can get to it right away. And then the square pathway, the star pathway, the circle pathway require different nutrients to process those molecules. Again, nothing happens in the body without nutrients. Nothing happens in the body without proper voltage. So if the voltage is a little bit low in that cell that has that square pathway, eh, rather than doing two squares an hour, eh, I can only do one square an hour. Because I don't have the voltage, I don't have the energy. So it's like sluggish cells there. Exactly. Just because I get it out of the cell, now I still have to have the buckets full within these three principles for the liver to do its work. Then we've got to get it into the bile. We've got to eliminate it. I won't go on and on here, but I think you can get a sense of what we're talking about here to get these toxins out of the body. So 
what the heck are people doing when they're doing a cleanse? Mm -hmm. So most cleanses, quote unquote cleanses. So if somebody's drinking lemon juice and maple syrup and cayenne pepper, this is a standard little recipe that you'll find online. Mm -hmm. So somebody might be doing that, drinking that little concoction for a weekend or for five days or seven days or something like that. When we're doing that and we're not eating food, what we are doing is we are pulling energy away from our digestion and we're not putting food into the system. That will make people feel like they have more energy. Because they're not burning energy digesting? Correct. Okay. So our digestive function is about two-thirds of our daily energy expenditure. It's really jaw-dropping when you think about it. That's a lot more than you would expect. Exactly. If you ask people, what do you spend, what do you think your body spends the most of its energy on? You might think moving my muscles. (laughs) I was going to say parenting. (laughs) Parenting. (laughs) I mean, your brain, maybe my brain uses a lot of energy. No, it's your digestive tract. Interesting. So if we put less food in for a while, All of a sudden, now I've got a third more energy. I'm going to get a boost from that. That explains a lot. Now, our detoxification pathways in the liver require amino acids to function in addition to a lot of other nutrients, okay? But they require amino acids. We get that from the protein that we're eating in our food. So after 24 hours of not consuming any protein, our liver shuts down those detoxification pathways. So Water fasting, juice cleansing, if we're eating just plants, there's not going to be a lot of protein in that, okay? Mm-hmm. So lemon, just drinking lemon juice for a day, after a day of that, the liver says, yep, we're going to shut down here. No amino acids. No need to work. Exactly. So we're our, on strike. <laughs> our bodies are kind of lazy in that way. Like, if I don't have to produce something, I'm going to not do it. You know, it's, hey, you don't give me the raw materials. What do you want me to do? Yeah, that's a good way to put it too. What people are experiencing when they do these fasting cleanses, and a fast is any time you can do a fast that is a water fast where there's nothing, no food coming in at all. Or a modified fast would be you're just eating grapefruit. You're severely limiting the variety of the food that you're eating. If I'm just eating grapefruit for seven days, the digestive tract is, oh, I don't have to work so hard. It's just one thing. Yeah. So instead of spending two thirds of our energy on that, if you're just going to give me grapefruit, eh, maybe only I only need to spend an eighth of my energy on that because it's just grapefruit, just one thing. Now, if the liver shuts down, okay, and stops these detoxification pathways. I got a lot more energy now too that I can use. So this is why people are getting these type of boosts when they do these types of things, because they're not expending energy within their digestive process or within the liver. And then they've got energy to think more clearly or this type of thing. Interesting. Now, what happens when people eat food again? Yeah, they're usually right back where they started. Okay, now I'm tired again at 2 p.m. and I need a Coke again. But that one week I was just drinking lemon juice and cayenne pepper and maple syrup, you know, I felt a little better. So it's like you said, the Band-Aid, it feels pretty good. Gives you the impression that it's working, but what's the long term? Think back to the very, very high level description that I gave on getting this waste material out of the cells to the liver, what the liver has to do. 
this is not something that you do over a weekend and you're going to clear 30 to 40 trillion cells of waste material and everything else that has built up in the body over a 50-year period of time. You're not going to do that in a weekend. But this is what our culture expects. Come on, Leslie. (laughs) I know, right? We want instant results, please. Exactly. Now, specific to migraine sufferers, okay? To do a fast, any type of fast, whether it's a full water fast or a modified fast, you have to have a lot of vitality Mm. because you're not going to be running on food. You're going to be running on stored vitality. Mm. And so you have to have a lot of vitality in reserve to do a fast. Now, if you have chronic migraines, you have a diminished vitality level. I can state that with confidence, okay? Chronic migraine sufferers, they will try to do these fasts, full fast or modified fast, and boy, will they get a raging migraine. Ask me how I know, Mary. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Rumors? (laughs) My own personal painful experience, okay? Because when I started getting migraines, I mean, this is going back 25 years, right? When I started getting migraines, and I'm, we didn't really, I guess we had the internet then, but I was like going to the library and getting books, right? Yeah. On alternative medicine topics. And here's the lemon juice and the maple syrup and the cayenne cleanse and all this stuff. Oh boy, by 5 p.m. did I have a raging migraine. Mm. Okay. Because I already was deficient within these three principles. Then I'm going to add to the, to the deficiency by not eating anything for a day. A great way to get a migraine. Great way to get a migraine. What's very common, people will say to me, Dr. Leslie, you keep talking about this second principle, clearing metabolic waste material and toxins. That sounds like a cleanse. That sounds like a fast. I tried to do that because my coworker <laughs> told me, right? Because my coworkers were doing it or my friend sells isogenics or this or that, right? I tried to do that. And boy, did I feel sick. Boy, did I get a raging migraine. Yes. Of course you did. Do migraine sufferers ever say, hey, when I did that for a few days, I felt good? Or is it like usually across the board? I guess what I'm wondering is that instant moment, like right after I felt good for a day or two and then I got really sick. Or is it just usually across the board, they end up with a migraine? Usually by the end of the day, they're going to get a migraine. And in fact, even non-migraine sufferers, if they have low vitality, they will actually get a migraine by the end of the day doing one of these fast schemes. When I embarked on my healing journey, okay, and so I worked with a chiropractor who worked within these three principles, what I call the three principles, not that he really conceptualized his work around these three principles like, like I do, but looking back on what we did, it fit within these three principles. One of the things that I did under his guidance was a modified fast after I had built myself up within these three principles. And then I did a modified fast that actually promoted detoxification pathways instead of shutting them down. Okay, so there's a way of fasting that shuts your detoxification pathways down, there's a way of fasting that keeps them running. After I built myself up, I did a modified fast that kept the detoxification pathways running. Now, I was very enthusiastic and my friends had seen me undergo 
a spectacular transformation in a nine-month period of time. So, of course, everybody wanted to know what I had done. And I started recommending to people <laughs> as a naive layperson, oh, you should do this modified fast. Mm-hmm. Now, what would happen is sometimes people would do okay. And then sometimes people would call me up the next day after day one and say, I got so sick last night. My head was pounding and I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I was vomiting, you know, like, oh, you had a migraine. Mm. So you can give a non-migraine sufferer a migraine by having them do something that pushes them too far, overwhelms their vitality, and you can make them feel real sick. Okay. So this is no joke. So the people that can drink maple syrup and lemon juice and cayenne pepper for a couple days and tolerate that, these are people who already have the buckets full, okay? They already have some vitality to work with. In a word, they're not that sick, okay? If you take somebody that has a serious chronic condition, whether it be chronic migraines or other serious chronic conditions, and you have them drink that, most of those people are going to be very, very sick by 5 p.m. With me, like I have... I think my issue is more blood sugar. So if I skip a single meal, I'm lightheaded, fatigued, ready to pass out and shaking. So correct. I don't know how people do it more than like a 10 day fast. I don't get it. Correct. And I used to be extremely sensitive to blood sugar swings and having our blood sugar spike and drop is a physical stressor on the body. And like we've talked about in other podcasts, We have to have enough vitality to weather the physical stress of blood sugar spikes and drops. And I used to be very sensitive to that. And a few years ago, it was before COVID, it was 2018, maybe. I was much less sensitive to that type of stressor. But in 2018, I actually dedicated a few months of building my resiliency and vitality around that specific stressor so that I had even more freedom to be able to delay or miss a meal. And most migraine sufferers are also very sensitive to blood sugar ups and downs, okay? That's pretty common amongst those of us that are prone to migraines. Mm -hmm. If you are sensitive to that stressor and you don't have the vitality to weather that stressor, and you just drink lemon juice all day long and maple syrup to boot, I would be down for the count. So every time you take a cup of it, you're going to be spiking your blood sugar and then flatlining it 10 minutes later. Correct. I have colleagues, you know, in the naturopathic community, you know, we're a little, (laughs) we're a little extreme. And so I will have colleagues that do all kinds of crazy fasts and all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't even do that today with the level of vitality that I have now, because I'm a little bit more sensitive than the average person. And I really don't want to get a migraine. I am extremely careful with my clients. I will push the limits with myself. I test everything on myself. Sometimes I can make myself (laughs) not feel so well testing things and so on. But I know how sensitive we are. So I am very careful with my clients. And I don't do the standard stuff that most practitioners in the natural medicine space do around quote unquote detoxification 
or mm-hmm. cleansing because it's going to make the migraine sufferer sick. Well, I just love the point that you made earlier about if you're going to do something like that, you're also needing to build up your nutrition and vitality and everything else. You can't just yank away all your food sources and expect your body to be okay and be healed. Correct. Exactly. And so with my clients, that's exactly what we are working on first before we're even thinking about this second principle. Okay, we got to get just at a minimum. If we don't have the nutrients that the cells need to get the metabolic waste material out, if we don't have the nutrients that the liver needs, nothing is going to happen other than making yourself feel sick. You can't beat a dead horse. If the horse is collapsing before the finish line, continuing to whip it is not going to get it across the finish line. Right. When I'm working with my clients, we are addressing the first blockers or deficiencies or missing pieces that have to be addressed. And then I'm looking for the signs that the body sends to say, okay, yeah, I'm ready. I'm built up enough. I've got enough stored up here that we can actually start working on getting some of this waste material out of the house. But if you don't know what you're doing and you don't know what the signs are for that and you just go in there with the lemon juice, oh, and you're a migraine, so you're prone to migraines, forget it. Right. I don't even recommend that people put lemon in their water. Oh, really? I prefer people put lime in their water if they want a little citrus type flavor because the character of the lemon, there is a stimulating aspect to the lemon. You can have lemon in your water and you feel sick sometimes, like a little nauseous. That's your liver dumping a little bile into your digestive tract and you feel a little nauseous. Interesting. So there is a stimulating effect of lemon juice and I don't want anything to set people over the edge. Adding the stressor that you don't need. Exactly. Dang, I never even realized that. I. It is interesting that every quote unquote diet expert, whether it's your neighbor or someone who's actually a diet expert, a dietitian, <laughs> they're always like, put lemon in your water. That's just interesting to me. Uh-huh. And when I was 26, I had the experience of one person, that would be myself, recovering their health. And I thought, oh, well, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And I'm recommending that people do things and then they're telling me how sick they felt right? It's not one size fits all. There are a lot of different factors that have to be accounted for, right? You have to do things in the right order. You have to do things when people are ready to do it. You don't just come in there with a cleanse and think you're going to, one, even do anything, let alone, let's hope you don't feel worse. I love that mentality of it not being a one size fits all. It's so completely opposite of what we normally experience in Western medicine. Just yesterday going to the doctor for my little boy and it was like, I felt like five and a half minutes were spent on actually talking about the problem. You know what I mean? And then it's like, well, let me poke at your belly. Let's clean you out and do some blood work. And it just feels so, I don't know if I, <laughs> what are the words for when you do that with your hands, that clean your hands and walk out, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I know you guys can't see me, but... <laughs> <laughs> And I'm all done and I walk off. It just, it felt very minimal and impersonal and one size fits all. Uh, So important. First of all, medical doctors, even though they also learn the physiology and the biochemistry and the whole bit that I learned in naturopathic medical school, we had the same textbooks. I have the same medical textbooks that they have, but they are not 
looking at the body from this perspective of why isn't this little guy's colon pooping every day? Like it says it's supposed to in the physiology textbook, right? right? The medical doctor is not thinking about us like that when we go in there. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's true. And I think more than one of us can relate to that, especially Mm -hmm. migraine sufferers for sure. Yeah. Our biochemistry professor used to teach at medical schools, conventional medical schools. And then when I was at Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine, he had been teaching there maybe eight to 10 years prior to me getting there. And he would always say to us, I love teaching you guys because you guys actually use the biochemistry that I teach you. You know, he spent his career teaching medical students and he would always complain. I would spend a year teaching them the biochemistry of the body and then they would never apply it. Yeah. That's because they don't believe that the body has the ability to heal. They don't believe that once you have a symptom or a chronic condition that your body can heal and recover. They don't believe that. So if you don't believe there's anything you can do other than a Band-Aid, why would you do anything other than give a Band-Aid? Yeah, it's pretty sad, honestly. It's sad because it's not true. And we know it's not true. When you take your little boy in there, you know that there's something here. Like, why isn't he pooping? Okay, so you cleaned him out, but now what, right? Like, you intuitively know, okay, he should be pooping. So uh, why isn't he pooping? The sad thing about the whole thing is, though, like, literally, we told him, no, we don't think he's constipated. And that was still the solution. Like... (laughs) I mean, it goes to a whole nother level of how often, and like I said, our migraine sufferers go in and tell their story and explain things and answer all the questions and still walk away feeling unheard and misunderstood. Yeah. Just so frustrating to walk away and feel like I've told you everything and I literally don't know if you even heard me. Here's the thing. You take a little kid in, tummy hurts, no matter what data you give the doctor, they're going to give a laxative. Yeah. It doesn't matter the story, the history. He's never pooped since he was, and I'm, I'm, I don't know if this is your son, Mary. I'm just making this up. As if, since he was born, he's had a problem pooping. Was it because of the labor and delivery? None of that, right? You can give them all of that data mm-hmm. and they're still going to give the laxative. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can go in and describe your migraines in great detail. They're still going to give you Imitrex, whether it's your pain's on the right side or the left side, or you have nausea mm-hmm. or you don't have nausea you're still going to get the Imitrex. It's not going to be any different approach. So this is why in their mind is five minutes. I spent more than enough time because we were going to give a laxative within the first 30 seconds. I gave them an additional four minutes and 30 seconds to feel heard. <laughs> ah, that's a soapbox for another day. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. We should wrap it up then, huh? Yeah, I'm like, oh, now you just triggered me on that. <laughs> now I got the mama bear riled up. Oh, yeah. For sure. I think it's been really enlightening about cleanses because I've just heard so many different peer pressure moments where it's, oh, you really should do this, whether it's for, oh, I feel so much better or you'll drop 50 pounds or whatever the story is. People are always saying fasting, cleansing, yada, yada. And it's, but really, is it helping your body? Thank you, Mary. Thanks yeah. for bringing the topic up. No problem. We'll see you guys soon. And thank you for listening. Before you go, be sure to like this episode, subscribe to this podcast, share with someone in your life who you think would benefit from this information. 
And if you want to stay connected with us, you can join my free Facebook group, Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar, ND, where over 10,000 women are rediscovering a migraine-free life. You can go to Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar, ND in the Facebook search bar or to healingmigrainesnaturally.com and we'll redirect you to the group.